Welcome to Team Building Cultures, the podcast designed to deliver tools and tips for improving team communication, collaboration, and fostering a culture where teams thrive. Now, here's your host, Beverly Hathorn, owner of Strategic HR Consultants. Hello, listeners, and thank you for joining another episode of Team Building Cultures. I am your host, Beverly Hathorne, and I'm very excited today to have as my guest, Miss Dia Irby. Dia, better known as the Belonging Mentor, through many years, through many adventures over the decades, Dia Irby, TEDx speaker and award-winning author, has learned that building community is the most valuable aspect of leadership. She is on a mission to share her message of belonging. She has been married to her retired pastor husband for almost 50 years. She has eight grown children and 19 grandchildren. I would say that Dia knows a thing or two about leadership. So Dia, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really happy to have you here and can't wait to have you take us through your your mentorship plans. Beverly, I wanna thank you for giving me the opportunity to share the mic with you and to share this message with your listeners. I know if they're tuned in to you, they are wanting to be better leaders. And you help them with that. And I appreciate the opportunity to share with them my message. Thank you so much, dear. That's great. So let's jump right into it. Tell me, why are you on a mission to share your message? Well, it all has to do with red clover. (laughs) Okay, think back when you were five and where you were, and who was in your life, and maybe what you were doing. And my five-year-old, a day in my five-year-old life, I distinctly remember sitting in the front yard of Miss Annie's preschool. We were making pink clover necklaces with all my classmates. And those classmates are the very same people I graduated from high school with. And I... I See, I grew up in this little bitty Mississippi town where I knew that I had belonging. I knew I had identity. I knew everybody. It was, it was a belonging, not like I belonged to the Y or the library. It was a belonging like the TV show, Cheers, right? Where wow. everybody knows your name. You Anywhere you go, everybody's, hey, you know, they know you. And as everyone else, whatever you're experiencing in your youth, you think, oh, this is normal. This is the life that everyone has. And then when my husband graduated from seminary and we took our first assignment in Central Florida, 13 hours away from anything or anyone I knew, I was it was, I was in a different culture. I was in a different world. And suddenly I understood what so many other people experience, the pain of isolation. I would, I would want to reach out and be a part of other people and, hey, how, you, how are you? I'm Dia. And they, n- nobody said, 
How's your mom and him? <laughs> oh, and if your listeners are not from the South, that means how was your mother and all of your relatives and tell every one of them that I said hello. There was that <laughs> community. But no, it was nowhere to be found. I got silence, crickets. And from that point on, I determined over the next 40 years as we served churches, as I over the three decades of raising children, and even as I stepped into the business world and opened a tea room cafe that I owned in the North Georgia mountains for seven years, and now as a real estate agent, everywhere I've been, I've wanted people to know that they belong, that they are claimed and if you're business people, I'm sure that you have studied Maslow's hierarchy of needs in order yes. to move above. Yes, Beverly, you know it. The very bottom is people have to be fed and sheltered. And above that is safety. But what's next is people have to know they belong. You can't move anywhere in life you can't be productive or successful or happy about it unless you have a sense of belonging. So that is, that is my motivator because especially when everyone was isolated in recent years, and we won't say the P word, but <laughs> it, you know, there's a suicide went up, depression, people were on more medication. They need to belong. And then maybe you or your listeners experience the effects of the great resignation. And what was that? People have said, it's been said that people leave or not quitting their jobs. They're quitting their bosses mm -hmm. because the culture that they were experiencing didn't help them feel like they belonged. They didn't have an identity there. And then also maybe some of your listeners have been, you have been experiencing the quiet quitters, the people that show up could do a much better job of it. Beverly, you told me that you, you had that temptation of you weren't being supported and encouraged. So why? So you just did your job. Too many people are just doing enough to get the paycheck. And leaders, you can make a difference. If you're a leader that wants to motivate people to do more without having to light a fire under them, or, or maybe you're a leader that wants to keep your good people and not let have them leaving, and you don't want to use shackles, <laughs> You're in the right place because we're going to talk about what you can do to help your people know that they belong. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. That's awesome, Dia. And that resonates with me so much more than I could ever say. As you said, I have experienced that very same feeling of not belonging. First, just like yourself, when I left my home of Detroit, Michigan, and I moved to Ohio. Well, I had been brought up in such a warm, culturally filled, loving environment 
I never knew that outside of that was not like that. So when I got to Ohio, it was a totally different experience. And also, as you mentioned, in my work environment, I came along, one leader after the other was supportive, pushed me along, recognized my skills, grew my talents, you know, developed me, coached me. And then I finally got to a leader that was not interested in any of that. And can I tell you, I shrunk like a cheap t-shirt. <laughs> I just, just everything just shrunk in me because I didn't feel that I belonged. So I knew that she had the capabilities to nurture because I saw her do it with other people. Oh, that's even it worse. Wasn't, it wasn't afforded to me. Oh. And so that's one of the reasons I'm so excited for you to deliver your message to us today. And I'm just wondering, how did you create the acronym C-L-A-I-M, which is CLAIM, which is a double entendre? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, here's the thing. People don't just want to be connected. I mean, you're, you were connected when you moved to Ohio because you used the same streets and you knew people at work. People want to be claimed. And I was, I was searching for a way to explain how a leader can create a sense of community. And it's by claiming their people. And I use the word claim. Each letter is a facet of this strategy. And I call them facets because what else has a facet to it? A diamond. A diamond has a facet, and you, mm -hmm. but you can't take one of the facets off, right? It's part of it. Well, you can't separate any one of these off of the claim because they each feed each other. So we're going to go through this. And if your listeners want to give a guess, then I hope they do take time to think and we'll give them a second to think about it. And I'm going to test your memory because we did go through this. Oops. <laughs> People, <laughs> that's okay. You get to learn it all over again. People want to know that they are C. What, what word do you think people want to know that they are, see, if a leader can do this to people? People want to know they are, I know, cat is the only C word you think of because that's the word that you <laughs> learn that C starts with, right? Yes. People want to know that they are chosen. Okay. Think mm -hmm. back in... PE class when the coach said okay it's Friday dodgeball and we're gonna have two teams and you're a team captain and you're a team captain then they start picking teams well if you got to be the team captain you were you know all puffed out and proud what about the kid that was okay well you can join that one because you know well <laughs> and that's why you're so smart now because I was just telling somebody, tell your kids in school that that is not real life and don't pick on the geek because he's the one that's probably going to be the millionaire one day. So don't make fun of the geek, you know? So anyway, <laughs> the, it, the empowering feeling of being chosen, 
And as a leader, you choose people by hiring them. You choose people to work on projects. You choose people to include them in maybe creating the atmosphere. We're going to have, uh, we want to get input from many of you. I'm going to choose you to be on this committee. Let's talk about how we can have a warmer, more inclusive workplace. And you get chosen to be on that. So there's a lot more about chosen in my book, which uh, we will talk about eventually. But so C is chosen. And L, almost everybody gets the L. People want to know that they are loved. Yes. Yes. (laughs) What's love got to do with it? Well, everything. What's love got to do with it? It's a great song title. Oh, wait, it is a song. There are almost 2,000 songs that have love in the title, not to mention the million songs that are have a theme of love. Love is important. It helps us know that we're accepted and that um, we are safe. If you're a leader in the workplace, if you have a loving environment, and this doesn't mean... Don't freak out, leaders, that you have to be all uh, lovey-dovey, huggy, kissy. No, that's not. It's that you are offering a safe and secure place where people feel that they can find empathy if they need it. If they have a suggestion or recommendation or even a question that you are the leader Uh they can approach and know that that you are in a situation where there's the the kind of love that is in spite of love, not yes. not because of love or if only love. And you know, let me apply this because I'm sure many of you listeners are also parents that you need to make sure that you love your children with a um, unconditional love. And in, in spite of love, not a conditional, uh, if only you'd clean your room, then I'll love you. Or, yes. or I don't love you because you didn't clean your room. But it's an in spite of. That's, a, that's the same atmosphere we want at the workplace. And it can be. And as I'm talking about building belonging in the workplace, let me just stop and step back and say, You may be, as a leader in the workplace, afraid that this is some kumbaya, uh, huggy thing, fluffy. It isn't. They did a survey of uh, comparing companies that have a belonging uh, feeling in the, you know, that that had a community of belonging compared to others. And a, a company that has the culture of belonging has production increase or more, 58%. So belonging boosts your bottom line, 58% more production. Here's something that's interesting. On employee turnover, every time someone moves, leaves the great resignation, you have to find, spend the energy and time to find someone to replace them, train them, and then mentor them. And it takes forever to get your money back. It costs more to replace somebody than you were paying the person that left. That's right. And if you have a culture of belonging 
the turnover rate is reduced by 50%. That will That's impact. Awesome. That will impact your your bottom line. But that, here's that, a that's awesome. Here's yeah. a statistic that's very impressive. If you have a healthy belonging culture at work, then people want to be there. They're not stressed out all day. Like if you're in a toxic horrible work situation where there is no belonging then I call that a red. What color is your company? Red, yellow, or green like a traffic light? Well, it's actually mm -hmm, red, mm -hmm. yellow, green. If it's red, it's toxic. People are running from it like a fire. Mm -hmm. Only person runs to a fire is a fireman. And the difference in a belonging culture and a, in a culture of a company that doesn't provide that sense of belonging Sick days, employee sick days mm. decrease by 75%. How much more work can they get done when they're at work? And it's, yeah. and it's more than just, I'll find an excuse to not go to work. It's the fact that going to work makes people sick. You get stress headaches. You're your immune system is down because you're so stressed out and, and your mental attitude does make you healthy or not. So, yes. so don't think that, well, I don't need to do that belonging stuff at work or pay attention to my, because your belonging boost the bottom line. And that's the bottom line about it. I totally agree. And I have uh, read the same statistics. And as a matter of fact, I've got a couple of blogs about that on my website, where I talk about the importance of psychological safety. You know, we need to create an atmosphere in the organization where we get the very best from our people. And one of the best ways to do that is to allow a, play, a feeling of belonging where I need the feeling that if I disagree with my peers or even if I disagree with my manager and maybe I might question a process or a system or a way of doing things, I might just have a better way for us to do things. I need to feel that I can bring that out. If I keep all those great ideas to myself because there's no psychological safety in my organization, you're missing out. And as you were speaking about the love portion of it, when I think about love, I think about nurturing. And it is a leader's responsibility as a servant leader to mm -hmm. grow and develop your people. When I was in the, in the corporate world leading people, I led leaders. I built leaders. My job was to create people who led, who wanted to go somewhere else even if they were only individual contributors. I wanted them to be able to move on. However, their personal development, wherever they were with that, I want to help you with that. So everything you're saying is spot on and organizations should take heed to the fact that it costs you more to lose an employee and try to replace. And even the downtime, just the downtime is expensive. The hiring, the training, the onboarding, all of that is costly. So 
I'm, I'm spot on with you and I can't wait to hear what the A is. I think I know. What, I what, do you, what do you think the A means? I'm going to say either accepting or acknowledged somewhere in there. You are so right. So accepting is more the chosen and in love, but acknowledged. Yes. People want to know they're acknowledged. They want to know they're seen, that they're heard, and that empowers them. That will empower them if they're seen and heard. And just like you said, being able to go to a leader and say what you think, to have them listen is acknowledging them. That's also loving. And they've chosen to listen to you. So see how they all fit together. But in this world right now of so much diversity, equity, and inclusion, the acknowledging helps in that arena by saying, I acknowledge your differences. I acknowledge your, um, your needs. And acknowledging someone's differences, that's way, way more beyond just your skin color. It's acknowledging, well, I know the, the CEO of Zappos, he made sure he understood how everyone that he was leading needed to be communicated with. Did they need an email? Did they need a phone call, a text, a video message? He acknowledged how they receive communication. Have you, the people that you're leading, do you know maybe the reason they didn't do what you wanted them to do the way you wanted them to do it is because they are kinesthetic and you tried to send them a text and it did, didn't compute. So didn't land. <laughs> yeah. Acknowledging how people uh, need to be communicated with. Also, how do they learn? Maybe you're making everybody go to these training sessions, which is awesome, but some of them don't get anything out of the same kind of training session everybody else does acknowledging their differences in a, um, well, it works in every relationship, but with your significant other, they're the love languages. Acknowledging someone else's love language, maybe you think you're being all great to bring a bunch of flowers and that's a language, love language of gifts, but the person you're giving them to would, would is communicated, love is communicated through acts of service and it would be cheaper and way more effective if you offered to clean the kitchen. <laughs> or make them dinner. Or make them dinner. <laughs> or I'll pick up the kids, uh, you know, mm -hmm. an act of service. So acknowledge the differences, acknowledge the personality styles, acknowledge different experiences people have acknowledge different cultures people are coming from. There's so much there. I like to tell two very simple other parts of acknowledging a person besides acknowledging their accomplishments. One way, Beverly, is using a person's name when you're communicating yes. with them. It, it says, I see you as an individual with your own identity. And you can practice this when you're out in public, going to a store. Every time you check out, look for the name tag. Say, Sam, thanks so much. Hope you have a good day. 
or hey george how's it going or alice mm-hmm. thank you so much for helping me find that in the using their name and you in a conversation especially if you're having one of those conversations where you're giving feedback oh definitely using that and there's a whole bunch about feedback and then the other way is when you are speaking with someone in person look them in the eye the eye is the window to the soul and when you're online because we're having so many zoom meetings and we are as i say consumed with meetings <laughs> in, in the camera know where your camera is i'm looking in the camera right now so i can see through the lens at at all of you so that's the a and there's more about that as well in my book but ready to move on to the i i bet is something like important people want to feel important impactful included included there it is no they <laughs> that no included is chosen impactful we're going to get to that it's invested in invested people want to know that you are investing in them now if you're a the boss with the purse strings of course you can invest in a bonus or you can invest in a a raise there are other ways that are not well they're cost efficient ways to invest in someone and anyone one of them is the same way children spell love it's t I-M-E. Mm-hmm. You want to show your children love? Just sit on the floor and play a game with them. Spend time with them. Guess what? We continue on as we grow up to feel invested in if someone comes and spends time with us. So mm-hmm. you can spend time with someone and invest that way. You can invest in your people by giving them resources and training. And of course, money's not bad. But um, one action that Doug Conant took, one of the many actions when he turned Campbell Soup Company around, because it was about to go under, no, Campbell's chicken soup, noodle soup. Oh, no, no. (laughs) One of the one of the activities he took was a time doing a walkabout and just listening to people and being quiet when you listen, even your mind is quiet, not I wish they'd quit talking so I can go to the next person, or uh, I'm going to say this as soon as they finish talking, but listen, rearrange spells silent. So be silent when you're listening. But he decided to write a handwritten note to every person over the 10 years, every, you know, hey, I noticed you did a great job mopping the floor. Or thanks for handling that situation. Da, 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 da. Over the time that he was at the company, he wrote 30,000 handwritten notes. Wow. Albeit sometimes he had to write a handwritten note because they didn't have email way back when. But the impact, he saw how impactful it was. So he was able to change the atmosphere. And I I invite you and, and your listeners to take action. Find one person 
in your life that has impacted you, sit down, write a thank you note, even if it's your second grade teacher. Uh, hopefully that wasn't last year. So, uh, <laughs> but what it does is it, it, you're changing the world two people at a time because you have to stop and think about the, what you're grateful about, which makes happy chemicals released in your mind yes. because you're going to smile while you're doing it. All those endorphins yes. and um, those uh, neuropeptides are released when you smile and when you're thinking positive. And then when they get it, wow, it makes their day. And you've mm -hmm. had to invest in the time and the energy and the money to put a stamp on it and stamps keep going up. So write your letters now before it goes up again. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that concept. And I particularly like um, speaking to people using their names, you know, that, that makes it more personable and that person is more likely to remember you as well. They'll remember you as kind or thoughtful or friendly at the, at the very outset. So I really like that concept. And when you speak about the Campbell Soup CEO who wrote notes to everyone, we had a leader once in my organization who would come in. He was a higher up, as we call them. He would come into the office, into the center, and he would toss a football to somebody. He'd just pick somebody and toss a football to him. Well, some of the people in the center didn't quite appreciate that, but I understood what he was doing. Because when he would toss the football to you, he'd then come over to your desk and chat with you for a few minutes. He's like a VP, you know, but here he is chatting with you, looking at the pictures. Oh, is that your daughter? And, you know, how old is she? And, you know, well, you say, well, yeah, this, you know, she's at home because she broke her wrist playing volleyball or something, you know. And then when he would see you in the hall a few weeks later, he'd ask about her because he remembered. So, you know, he made himself very personable and approachable. But I remember him for that. And that has been many years ago, but I remember him for that. So, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. This, these are all really great points. And I hope leaders listening are taking heed. Invest so, in your people. We got one more letter. Yes. So tell us about the M. This is the one I most get excited about to, to tell every person listening. Beverly, you, you and all of your listeners, people want to know that they're made for greatness. Awesome. And you are. And the greatness, the way I define it, it's not you're going to win the Nobel Peace Prize, but yay, if you do, <laughs> or cure cancer, but yay, if you do, the greatness is you being completely and totally who you were created to be. I believe that every person has specific, they're gift wrapped for the world. You have specific skills, abilities, talents, experiences, passions, knowledge, all that, you're the only one that has all that. And it's like if you had a great big jigsaw puzzle of the world, a thousand piece puzzle, and you had that one little, it's only one one thousandth of a puzzle. 
and it sort of looks like the same colors as the pieces around it and it kind of looks the same shape but only that one puzzle can fit in its place and if it's not there uh -huh. the picture's not complete so you are made for greatness Whatever your greatness is, the world is waiting for you to bring that greatness into the world. And when you do, this is the second M because I got three for that, for the M. <laughs> when you come into the world and, and are your greatness, you will make a difference. People want to know that they're making a difference, that their mm -hmm. contributions at work are making a difference. You are making a difference in the lives of the people you work with. You are making a difference in the lives of the clients of the company. And bottom line, people want to know they matter. That's my final M. And I, I invite you to, as a leader, if you just have a small committee, you're a leader of a committee, or you lead a big company, choose maybe 10 to 15 and write down their name and then what they bring to the table. What is their value they bring? And if you can't think of what they bring, then it might be time to allow them to move on to somewhere else <laughs> where what they bring to the table could be better served. Uh, their greatness needs to go out in the world. Uh, or I mean, so when you identify that, here would be a great thing to write them a note or just personally say to them, you know, I, I, you matter on this committee because I know we get frustrated with you about being all nitpicky and making sure we dot every I and cross every T. But you know what? If you weren't on here, we could get sloppy and we could get, you know, fined or whatever. Or I know... People get frustrated with you because you think so far out of the box, you don't even know there is a box. But guess what? We need your ideation. Thank you. So find, stop and just invest some time in mm -hmm. thinking about the people you're leading. Make a list. If you need to just start with three people, write down why they matter and then write them a note or tell them. And you're acknowledging, you're investing the time to let them know why they matter. And you're acknowledging them because you love them and you've chosen to tell them that. It all fits. But one awesome. last thing about claim, to be a very effective leader, you actually need to claim yourself first. Hmm. You have to choose to be the leader you're meant to be and live in your greatness. Love on yourself. If you need eight hours of sleep, then, well, you're, acknowledge you need eight hours of sleep and love yourself and sleep eight hours. Or, or you need a, to take Thursdays off, whatever. Love yourself. Acknowledge your gifts, your strengths, and find other people to cover your weaknesses. Leverage other people's gifts. Live in your zone of genius. 
and invest in yourself because you matter and you are made for greatness. So claim yourself like putting on your oxygen mask first, which all of this and more is in my book, Claim Your People at Work with worksheets and a QR code to download digital versions. So, yes. Wow, that's awesome. Especially that last gem about how leaders need to claim themselves because, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. So exactly. in order, yes. So in order to give that to your teams and lead your teams in that fashion, you have to take care of yourself. So those are all really excellent tips for our leaders. And I certainly feel that they can take those tips and build a better culture for their teams, which is what we talk about here. We talk about ways and tips and technologies, methods to build a better culture where your teams can thrive. That's the whole purpose of, a, of us being here. So Dia, would you like to, do you have anything you'd like to offer our listeners? Where can they? Sure, yes. I know you're going to put in, the, in they can find in the notes below, a mm -hmm. link to a, um, a white paper. As a leader, one of the ways you can invest in your people, acknowledge their needs, is to have yawn free meetings. <laughs> mm, I'm all for that. Yes. Who wants to go to boring meetings? And you have to have meetings every once in a while, whether you have them regularly or not. I've got three strategies to have a healthy, yawn-free meeting. You want to have a fit meeting. And because I'm into acrostics, you want to have one that's full of value, intentional, and the T is tell me something good. And this explains how you can apply that. And I'd love for you to go uh, click the link and you'll be taken to the white paper and hopefully have better meetings and yawn free and people will look forward to going. Awesome. So that's, that's my uh, free offer today. Awesome, awesome. Well, Dia, thank you so much for enlightening us with your claim proposition is the only way I can think to to call it you know but I love the acronym I love the way you've put it together and the information that you delivered and the teaching that you gave us today is really going to be invaluable we have but to put it into effect so Dia Irby the belonging mentor Lastly, I'll close with, how can my listeners get in touch with you? Oh, please, please visit my website. And I made it as simple as possible, diaerby.com, D-E-A-I-R-B-Y.com. You can go there. There are other complimentary resources, lots of information. And also you can schedule a chat with me. I'd love to hear from you, hear your success stories of implementing claim in your leadership. Yes, that's awesome. I'm sure we're going to get quite a few success stories because those who are not practicing have now heard a high-powered energetic presentation on how to deliver claim. 
C-L-A-I-M, where you choose your people, you love on your people, you acknowledge them, you invest in them, and you make sure that they know that they matter. So we're going to move forward in that fashion. Dia, thank you so much for being my guest today. I really appreciate your time. And it's been an awesome conversation. Beverly, thank you so much for the opportunity. We hope we have delivered helpful and enlightening information to help you create your dream team. Join us next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Team Building Cultures.